Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Sersosimo, and right now you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, we have so much to get to today. We have to go through the entire first week of the U.S. Open, and now we are at the quarterfinal stage, so we're going to get this episode in real quick before the quarters. I'm going to set you up for the quarters, what you need to know. They got a few matches left. It's going to end on Sunday. And we got to get into it. There's so much to talk about. There's so much drama that happened the first week. I have people at work that don't watch tennis. They're like, hey, how's tennis going? What's going on at the Open? Everything. And I go, drama, drama, drama. It's all going down right now. The matches are good, but the drama is thick. Let's get into it. First off, let's talk about Stefanos Tsitsipas. Now, there's a lot of drama surrounding Stefanos Tsitsipas and exactly what he's been doing and what he's been doing is he's been taking prolonged breaks and I don't think the prolonged breaks those are frustrating to people and he did it against Murray he did it against Sverev when Sverev was in Cincinnati he did it against Murray and these players are getting frustrated I believe he did it against Manorino as well and what's going on is not only is he taking a longer break, he's leaving for the bathroom and he says he's changing clothes and taking a long time, but people have accused him of cheating just because of his past and you know he's all for getting coaching too. So that's also been tough is people have been really on him about coaching. Is he bringing his phone in the bathroom? Why is he taking so long when the bathroom is right inside the doors of Arthur Ashe? These are all valid questions and people ask uh, Pass these questions when He's in a press conference. He says, absolutely, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating. I hate that that's you know a conversation around what I'm doing. He goes, it just takes me a while to change clothes. I get that. But here's the problem with how the ATP does this is he takes a bag with him when he goes in there, right? And anything could be in that bag. And they're like, yeah, a representative goes with him. The referees go, a representative goes with him to the bathroom, but no one stand. from what I believe and what I think is no one just stands in there and watches him get naked and change, right? There's no way that happens. I don't think, right? There's no way some representative walks in there and just watch this dude strip down. So what I'm saying is he goes into this bathroom probably by himself to change. Now, I'm not saying that he has a phone. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination he has a phone. The possibility that he has a phone, though, is real. And the possibility he could have texts on that phone that say certain things is also real. And this comes out when he went five sets with Murray. Murray says when he came out of that bathroom, everything changed. Uh, you know, he, his strategy was different, which he very well could have went in that bathroom and just thought about it and changed his strategy. Yes, that's also a valid concern. But the fact of the matter is, is that the ATP isn't monitoring how these people, how these guys take their phones. There's people who are requesting on Twitter that, hey, how about when they go out to a match, they put it in a lockbox? Or how about, you know, the ATP takes their phone away when they go out to court or when they're about to play or they put, you know, there's certain ways they that they could avoid something like this. And that's all going down with Stefano Tsitsipas right now. And I believe he even got a coaching violation during one of his matches. So that's a big deal right now. And I think the ATP is going to have to look at it because I think it went over the top here. I think Djokovic has done it in the past. 
I think even Murray's done something similar in the past. Obviously, all those things are kind of coming to the forefront now that Sitsipas is doing it. But there has to be a look into exactly what's going on with these bathroom breaks and the exact amount of time that should be allowed for these bathroom breaks. It's got to be more reasonable than what it is right now because it is frustrating for players. It shouldn't be a complete change of momentum. It shouldn't be that. It should be, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to change clothes. Let's get it done. Let's go. And another thing people are upset about the whole bathroom break is really all you need to do when you go to the bathroom and change clothes is change your shorts because you can change men, you can change your shirt on the court. You can change your socks, your shoes, all that stuff. So a lot of people wondering, Stephanos, what are you doing in the bathroom for so long? I'm kind of wondering why I talked about it for this long, but it was a massive deal in the first week of the U.S. Open. Another massive deal in the first week of the U.S. Open, the fans. The fans were unbelievable. Francis Tiafo even jumped in saying there's something different this year about the U.S. Open. The fans are electric. Other people have a chance to win because Roger and Rafa aren't there. This year's U.S. Open is just different. And I'm not alone when I say that. The people that are there are telling me, hey, it's different this year. There's something about the Open this year that's just better and it's different. And since, or not Sitsi Boss, Francis Diafo said this the other day after he lost to Felix Ogier Aliasim. He said, I think people are more confident. There's a buzz in the locker room just because Roger and Rafa aren't here. And I'm not saying they don't like those guys. I'm saying they feel like they have a chance to win. They don't feel like they're running into unst- unstoppable guys in the second, third round. He he mentions uh, Seppi. Says Seppi, he's playing in his you know 17th, 19th year of the tour. And he's still buzzing this year at the U.S. Open because he knows he doesn't have to play Rafa second round or Roger third round or whatever the case may be. He has a chance to make some money and make it far. And I think you look at guys like Francis Tiafo making it to round four just like that. Him, Opelka, all those guys making it deep in this tournament when you wouldn't even look at them in past years. You got Alcaraz making it far, Lloyd Harris making it far, Yannick Sinner making it far. You have all these young guys and all these different players that are making it farther in this tournament. And I think that's because there is no Roger. There is no Rafa. There's no looking ahead at your bracket thinking, God, I can't beat that guy. Like that guy is going to be so hard to beat. Everyone's beatable at this year's tournament. I think even Djokovic is showing that he's beatable early on in this tournament, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But there is a lot of buzz around the U.S. Open this year. And I think not only for fans being back, but the players just feel like they belong and that they can do whatever. They can beat anybody on any given day and they can play at their highest level and make a deep run in this tournament. I think that's true, especially what uh, Tiafo said last night. And I think it's very entertaining for the fans too. Um, I think last year, especially here at the USTA Billie Jean National Tennis Center, has shown fans how special it is to be watching tennis at this venue and also shown players how special it is to have fans at this historic venue. Now let's talk about some players that are playing amazing tennis and made a good run at this year's U.S. Open in the first week and really made a name for themselves. Jensen Brooksby, the 20-year-old from America. He took Djokovic to four sets, beat him 6-1 in the first. He also beat Taylor Fritz, and he he really electrified a lot of people at the U.S. Open this year. You look at guys like Riley Opelka. I picked him to go pretty far in this tournament because I knew he was playing well in the hard courts. He ended up losing to Lloyd Harris in round four. Yannick Sinner had a great run again at the U.S. Open. He ended up losing to Sverev. Now, he lost in straight sets in the fourth round against Sverev, but it was much closer than that. It was a, you know, 
one point here, one point there. That's a break, but it could have went the other way real easy. Stuff like that. Francis Tiafo, I talked about him earlier. He had an incredible tournament, and he was so fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching Francis Tiafo at this tournament. He beat Rublev, which was a massive win. He beat him in five sets late on Arthur Ashe one night. And he he was just incredible. Another guy that's out, Diego Schwartzman's out. He lost in round four. Really thought he would do it, but he lost to a quali. And then Stefano Tsitsipas lost to Alcaraz. I'll talk about Alcaraz here in a sec, but Tsitsipas played, played okay. He played okay kind of this whole tournament, but Alcaraz, I tell you what, man, that kid is unbelievable. The 18-year-old from Spain beat Tsitsipas in five sets. That guy is unbelievable. He played really well. And then I think there was, you know, Shapo was kind of disappointing a little bit. Brooksby also beat Karatsev, which is unbelievable, which I think is crazy. Um, but you look at guys like Ivashka, he lost to Berrettini in the third round. Ivashka won the tournament in Winston-Salem before coming here. I thought he might, you know, stir up some things a little bit. But I think those those are pretty much the guys. Shapo, I talked about, lost in straight sets to Lloyd Harris. Lloyd Harris is playing well, but Shapo... I kind of expected a little bit more out of him. Out of the first week, though, uh, I think as as Americans, I think we got to be really happy with the tennis we saw. Jensen Brooksby, the youngster, he's coming up. You look at Riley Opelka and Francis Tiafo; they played really well. And then the one that I think surprised a lot of people, Jack Sock winning the first set off of Alexander Sverev looking to get into the quarters. I mean, Jack Sock has been injured, hasn't played well, has just not been in the whole singles realm for a really long time. And now he goes to play Sverev and he almost wins. Like he wins the first set, but then he gets hurt. And I think if he wouldn't have got hurt, that would have been one a match that would have been almost his to lose. And the fact that he got hurt and he really couldn't do anything after that kind of put a damper on his entire US Open experience. But let me tell you, Jack Sock, in my eyes, is back. His singles play is back, and I'm really excited about what he's going to do for American tennis. Hopefully, he can get in a Labor Cup here. Hopefully, he can do some other things and really bring his ranking back up in the world of tennis because he's entertaining to watch. Americans like him. He's got a monster forehand, and I think he's really, really fun to watch, and he's a little bit more consistent than some of the other Americans we have right now, and we can count on him a little bit more as American tennis fans. All right, you've heard my take on the first week of the U.S. Open. I loved it. It, it was one of the best first weeks, I think, that an, an Open or a big tournament's had in a really long time. As far as I remember, it's one of the most electric that we've had, and I, I do think it's because the whole Roger Rafa aren't there thing. And Djokovic definitely looks beatable. Will he get beat? I don't know. I'll talk about that here in a second. But the storylines, the entertainment, the excitement of the first week of the U.S. Open this year in 2021, second to none, I think. Let's get to the quarters. The quarterfinals are where all the money is going to be moving forward. Now, you get almost half a million dollars you lose in this round. But if you win in this round, you're looking at nearly a $700,000 payout. Let's look at Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic, number one seed, is going to play Matteo Berrettini. In the quarterfinals, this is a massive quarterfinal matchup because Berrettini's six, but not only that, but they played in the Wimbledon final. So this this could very well be a semi or final, and I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm I'm not going to say who I'm going to take yet. I'm just going to wait till we get to the end. Um, Alexander Sverev, he plays Lloyd Harris. I think that's going to be a really good match. Lloyd Harris is playing really well, but I don't know if anybody can beat Sverev right now if you're not Djokovic or Berrettini or maybe Medvedev. Sverev is playing really, really solid tennis right now, and I'm going to take... Oh, I just said I'm not going to take anybody yet. 
I'm going to take Sverev, but I'll take I'll talk about it at the end as well. Okay, let's go to FAA and Alcaraz. Two young guns right here. The Canadian, Felix Ogier Aliassime, I believe he's 21 maybe. Alcaraz is 18 from Spain, and FAA is the 12 seed. But if Alcaraz keeps playing the way he's been playing, he's been hitting the crap out of the ball. He looks so effortless when he's out there. He's just so talented, and he works so hard. He's so much fun to watch. I think they're going to put this on Arthur, or not on Arthur Ashe. I think they'll end up putting this, oh, hopefully they do, because there's only four matches. I think they'll put this on Arthur Ashe, and I hope they put it as a night session, because this is going to be a match to watch. Let's go to the last one. Daniil Medvedev is playing Van de Zanskult. I know I like said that wrong, and I'm sorry, but this dude's 117 in the world. He's 26 years old, almost 26, 25 years old, and I there's not a whole lot to know about him, really. I, I don't know a whole lot about him. He beat Schwartzman. He beat Casper Ruud, which was kind of his big win early on. Casper Ruud's the number eight seed in this tournament, but I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a whole lot about this dude. I know he's been playing really well, and Schwartzman took him five, and he you know kind of dominated Schwartzman a little bit there for a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. I don't know a whole lot about him, but he's in the tournament and he's going to play Daniil Medvedev. Now I'm going to go about my picks. I don't think Daniil Medvedev is going to lose to this guy. Daniil Medvedev, granted he hasn't played, you know, all these great players that maybe some other players have had to play, but he's played unbelievable, I think, this turn. He looks almost unstoppable in this tournament. I'm taking Daniil Medvedev at the bottom of this bracket to go into the semis. The next match, I'm going to take Alcaraz over FAA. I'm going to do that. I, th I think Alcaraz can make it to a semi and face Daniil Medvedev. I really, really do. He's been playing like his hair's on fire. He's been playing like he belongs, and he deserves it, and he absolutely does the way he's been playing. Lloyd Harris or Sverev, I'm going to take Sverev. It's going to be really, really hard to vote against Sverev in this match. And then Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic right now is so spotty, I think. He struggled in his first match of the U.S. Open, and then he comes in and he struggles. Uh, I think he played Rune in the first match and lost his first set. And then last match against Brooksby, he also lost the first set, but then he came back. I think his mental and I think his physicality breaks people down to another level. And I think people can win a set on him, win two sets on him, but I don't know if they can really go the whole way. I'm going to take Djokovic over Sverev. And over Berrettini, just because of the power, I think he turns it up when he needs to turn it up. And he's so good at that. And I think he's going to continue, continue, and continue to do that into the semis and into the finals here. So I'm going to put Djokovic in the finals, and I'm going to put Medvedev in the finals. I know that is so cliche of me to do, but the way these two guys are playing right now, it's really hard to vote against them. And I think Djokovic has an extra chip on his shoulder trying to get that career grand slam and trying to become the quote-unquote GOAT right now as Federer and Nadal aren't at this tournament. I think Djokovic does it. I told you that from the beginning, and I'm going to keep riding with it. Even though he's struggling a little bit, it doesn't matter. He's still winning matches, and he's still playing well when he needs to play well. And I think Novak Djokovic is going to continue to do that, and he will leave New York with 21 grand slams. If you don't think I'm right, tweet me. Let me know what you think. Do you think he's going to do that? I don't know. I want to hear from you. I want to hear whether you think Berrettini can maybe make it in the, in the quarters or Sverev can really make a run. There's so much more I could talk about about the U.S. Open, but I'm going to leave it at this because next week is my full recap of the U.S. Open. I'm going to recap this last week. I'm going to rec or this next week. I'm going to recap kind of what happened at the U.S. Open this year, even though I touched on a lot of it right now. 
But I'm looking forward to it, guys. We got such a good week of tennis ahead of us. I'm gonna. This thing's gonna get out right before the quarterfinals start on Tuesday here, and we're gonna get it rolling. So some of these matches might already be done or in the process while you're listening to this, and I apologize. But that's what happens in Grand Slams. You have such short turns or turnarounds, and this is what you have to do sometimes. Enjoy this week of tennis. Enjoy this week of the U.S. Open. It's the greatest sporting event in the world. It's two weeks long. It's at the greatest stadium in the world, Arthur Ashe Stadium, and they have a full lineup. Eight players left in this tournament that are outstanding and so entertaining to watch. You got to watch tennis this week. Reach out to me at Jacob Sersosmo on Twitter and Instagram. Reach out to Believe at Believe Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and enjoy this week of tennis. It is your week to relax. We come off Labor Day. You don't want to work the rest of this week. Turn on some tennis. Enjoy it. I got Djokovic taking it all. Who you got? We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.